the head of the table was a large pile of apples. The cook made a note, pasted it on the apple tray, take only one, God's watching. Moving further along the line, at the other end of the table was a large pile of chocolate chip cookies. A child had written a note, take all you want, God's watching the apples. <laughs> Amen. So drink all you want. God shed his blood. Amen. So, Father, we thank you this morning for your goodness and your grace. Lord, we thank you so much for the opportunity to come and to be encouraged and be strengthened by your word, to have revelation knowledge in us. We thank you for the illumination and the presence of the Holy Spirit to reveal your word to us, to make us aware of the things that you want us to know. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, well, today, yes, actually last week was uh, Pentecost Sunday, and so that came about uh, several hundred years ago when the children of um, Israel left Egypt. They had been in bondage there in Egypt for 400 years, slaves of the Egyptians there. And uh, Moses was the leader of that tribe, and God raised him up, and he said, well, you want to get my people out of Egypt and get them back over to doing what they're supposed to be doing? And there was plagues taking place there. Uh, the children of Israel were protected from the plagues by the Passover. Uh, at that time, uh, they put blood, blood over the doorpost, and they were protected from any plagues there. And the last plague there was death, which is the last uh, uh you know, thing that Christ did for us there. So they come through the Red Sea there. Moses leads them out of that Red Sea, and they're out there for 40 days. And God says, well, I'm going to need some rules for my people to live by. And he calls Moses up to the mountain there. And God gives Moses a lot, uh, gives about 624 laws to live by. And we know a part of the Ten Commandments came out of that uh that experience that God and Moses had up on Mount Sinai. And so from that time forward, the Israelis celebrated Pentecost. They celebrated uh, Pentecost. And so when we come to uh, the Pentecost experience in the New Testament, um, you know, Jesus was the Passover. They, when they crucified Jesus, that was uh, symbolic of uh, the Passover back in the Egyptian days when the Israelis left Egypt there and came out of the, uh, the Egyptian slavery and bondage. Passover was being celebrated at the time Jesus was crucified. But Jesus spent 40 days on the earth after his crucifixion and his resurrection. And so that's uh, and then on the 40th day there, he was he was resurrected and went up into heaven. But he said some things to uh, Peter there. And we have that first verse there in uh, in uh, John chapter 21, verse 22. Uh, Jesus said to him, it is if if it is my will that he remain until I come. What is that to you, Peter? You follow me. And so this is a little bit of the scene of that. Peter and Jesus were having a conversation. Peter, I mean, you know, denied Jesus three times. Peter was reinstated three times. And then Peter and Jesus were having breakfast. And Peter and Jesus uh, went for a walk on the seashore. Jesus reinstated him, told him three times, take care of my lambs, feed my lambs. And then Jesus also told him in that same conversation, he said, you're going to, you know, while you were young, uh, people clothed you and they did this. But when you're old, uh, you're not going to, you're going to be clothed with something that you don't want. And he was talking about Peter's death. He was saying, Peter, because of the things that you're going to stand for, uh, the things that, that you preach and the things that like that, people are not going to like that, and you're going to be crucified. 
In other words, that's what Jesus was saying. And then we come to this verse here, and Peter is asking Jesus, right after, right after Jesus tells Peter, uh, you're not going to like the way you die, Peter. <laughs> Peter asks this question. How I many he's always inquisitive? He's always asking questions. And he asked Peter, he asked Jesus, he said, well, what about John back there? So what about John? What, you know, the other disciple back here, what about him? How's he going to die? What's going to happen with him? And Jesus in this verse tells Peter, he said, what business is it of yours? <laughs> That's pretty blunt, isn't it? I mean, so Jesus had a good conversation with those that he was close with. And he says, uh, Peter, don't you worry about John. Don't you worry about the other disciples. He said, you do what I tell you to do. You follow me. Peter, you, you follow me and you do what I tell you to do and everything's going to be all right. Don't you worry about it. How many of you know that's, a, that's, a, that's kind of a, a type and a shadow of each one of us? We're all called to different things, but we're all called to the same thing, to represent God in our sphere wherever we are. And he said, don't you worry about them. You do what I have told you to do. You work out your calling. He told Peter that. And so uh, in Luke 24, 49, uh, here's a promise that he made in Luke's recording. He said, behold, I am sending the promise of my father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And so here's another account, Luke's account, of Jesus talking to the disciples. He said, you go up to the city there, and not too long from now, are you guys waiting in that upper room? And there's going to be an event take place that you wait there. And don't you go anywhere until that event takes place. And once that event takes place, let her rip. <laughs> right? And so we know that Jesus said that. And so we know that Peter and those who were up there, because uh, we can see it here, the coming of the Holy Spirit there, Acts 2.1. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. Now this is 40 days after the crucifixion. It's 40 days after that. They're up there. It's the day of Pentecost. Another celebration taking place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. It filled the entire house where they were sitting. Now... So here, I can say this, it is the second greatest event that took place in mankind's history, right? We know the crucifixion and the life of Jesus is probably number one, because all of time takes place in that. Okay, but Jesus did that. He came and he shed his blood and he gave us interest and access into God's presence without the sense of guilt, without the sense of inferiority, without that, without all that. We come into God's presence with that, with our mind renewed to those things. And that's what Jesus did. That's the greatest event that took place. The second greatest event that took place was on the day of Pentecost. Because Jesus said, if I don't go to the Father, I can't send the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit then, uh, he said, that's going to, that's the, that's the, agency of heaven that's the third person of the trinity and the third person of the trinity wants to take up residence inside the believer this is the first time this has happened since adam and eve fell because that's when the spirit left them and they could no longer strive with god uh, because they sin and god don't mix but now Jesus paid the price for sin now we enter into that by faith and we receive the holy spirit so I can say this is the second greatest event that took place because now the third person of the Trinity is taking residency up inside the believer. 
That's a pretty good deal, I think, don't you? So Christ, he paid, the, he paid for the guilt. He paid for the shame. He paid for all of that. And then the Holy Spirit comes along and confirms that and takes up residency inside of the believer. Now, um, it, let's, look, let's look here. Each one has received the promise in our next point. Acts 2 verse 3. And the divided tongues as a fire appeared unto them and rested on each one of them. Now, you know, a little bit of a mockery going on. I appreciate Antelope Valley Church, don't you all? Because how many of you know we don't have any smoke and we don't have any lights and we don't have all this stuff that's flying around. <laughs> Praise God. We got the real thing. We got the Holy Ghost, right? We have the Holy Spirit. And here he says, uh, uh, you know, this fire was resting upon each one of them. You know, and in Moses' smoke, if you read Moses' account on that first day of Pentecost, uh, there that Moses experienced up there getting the law for the people that they lived for back then, uh, there was smoke and there was fire, you know. Uh, many, many people, you know, they want to put a smoke machine back here and make smoke and, you know, and turn down the lights and all this. But praise God, we got, we got the real Holy Spirit, right? We have to have all that. We've got the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. And he said here that the fire appeared unto them and rested on each one of them. The 120 that were up there in that upper room on the day of Pentecost. Now, okay, so they received the Holy Spirit. And Peter then goes out and he teaches and he preaches this word to the Jews. And he says, you guys, whom uh, the, the, the very one that you crucified, he's the one that said, hey, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And then he says this, receive the Holy Spirit in Acts 2.39. He says, the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him himself so i can say that by this he said to everyone to you your children and to those who are far off now in moses experience on the day of pentecost and moses experience the people were afraid they didn't want to get close to god they didn't want to have a face-to-face -face conversation with god they just didn't want to get too close because they might get zapped right and which is true Back in that day, uh, the way that was, amen, you would. If you, wasn't, if you didn't go through all the rituals and all the cleansing and all the things that, that God required for the high priest to do to go in the presence of the Lord, uh, they tied a rope on that guy's foot and put a bell on his ankle there, and he went in there cautiously and through all the ritual things and, and did all the things that was required by the law for them to do to go into the presence of God and get their sins forgiven. If that person went in there with wrong motives and didn't do all the cleansing and all the proper things, zap, it was done. And they tied that rope on him so that nobody else go in there. And they pull. If something happened, they could pull that guy out of the presence of the Lord by that rope. And they'd have, we better take heed to ourselves here and get us a priest that's cleansed. And how many of you know Jesus did that for us? Jesus paid the price for us to go into the holy of holies and and experience God and to experience His presence through the agency of the Holy Spirit. And so. We want to make mention the promise is for you and the promise is for I and the promise is for our children's children and the promise is for those who are far off. How many have been far off before? I've been far off, right? 
but it's the agency of the Holy Spirit that confirms the word, that brings the word into my life and reveals the word. He's the illuminator of my spirit with his. And then I can come into his presence and I can experience the Lord's presence, right? So many times we make the mistake today and you hear, you know, the, the phrases, well, you know, we just want to create an atmosphere. We just want to make an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit can work. And we just want to make an atmosphere where, you know, the presence of God can come in. But the presence part is most of the time left out. We just want to make an atmosphere. How many of you know, I'd rather have the presence. I would rather have God's presence in, in the midst of myself through the agency of the Holy Spirit than any kind of atmosphere. I'm wondering if, I'm wondering if Jesus, I'm, I'm wondering if Peter out there preaching on that first day, after that day of Pentecost at 9 o'clock in the morning, people thought they were drunk and, you know, they were talking in foreign languages and other tongues and this and that, you know. I wonder how the atmosphere was. 9 o'clock in the morning. With all that hostility going on. I wonder if they had smoke and lights and, you know, all this. I doubt it. Don't you? But I want to tell you something. The atmosphere was probably a little hostile. The atmosphere was probably like, it was probably pretty hostile, right? But I'm telling you something. The presence of God was there. The Holy Spirit was there. God's presence was there because there was 3,000 people saved that day. And you can't get saved without the presence of the Holy Spirit. You can't get, you know, unless God, by the Holy Spirit, is oozing and woozing and, and you know, moving us towards that, you, you and I can't, it's, it's, we, we won't get saved, right? So I'm not worried about the atmosphere. So any kind of atmosphere in, guess what? If you're a believer, guess where God is? He's right there with you and I, right? He is right there with you and I. When you and I, uh, we confess our sins and we ask Jesus to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we ask him uh, to make us right with him. We ask him to be Lord of our life. The Holy Spirit comes in and takes residency up in us. Amen. So every believer has got a deposit of the Holy Spirit guaranteeing what is to come. Amen. That's right. Then there's the baptism, the immersion, uh, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Also available. A couple other notes. You have them in your notes. Don't have them on the screen. It is for you and I. This promise is for you and I. Jeremiah 23, 29 spoke about it. He said, It is not, is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks in rocks to pieces. For I will pour out water on the thirsty land, streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit upon offspring and my blessing on your descendants. And so there is a promise right there of coming both from Jeremiah and Isaiah saying the same thing that Peter said on that great sermon that he preached there in Acts 2, 38, 39. He's saying, Peter is saying the same thing that Jeremiah and Isaiah said. Okay, so we want to realize that our position in Christ in a spiritual realm, we are seated in heavenly realms with Christ Jesus. But in order to have an experience of that, we have to have the assistance of the Holy Spirit. We need the assistance and the, the presence of the Holy Spirit and recognize what he's saying to us and wants to do through us. We have that uh, available to us.
Okay. So he is sent by the Father. How many of you know that's a blessing? How many of you know that, that the Holy Spirit, he wants, and, and by the way, the Holy Spirit is not a it. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. The, her, the Holy Spirit is a he. He's a person. He is a person of the Holy Spirit. Now that's hard for us to uh, comprehend because we can't see the Holy Spirit, right? We have different scripture that says, uh, you know, he blows here and he blows there and, you know, and things. But we can't see him, but we believe that he is the Holy Spirit, right? And that is how we draw near unto God. That's how we practice and we come into the presence of God is by the assistance and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He is a person. He is the third person of the Trinity. Because what? We baptize people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. See there, we do that. That's three. We baptize everybody. Now that does not say though that everything that even a believer does is ordained or commissioned or inspired by the Holy Spirit. Right? Does not mean that God is sovereign in our life. Does not mean that we don't need um, a sanctification. Because the Bible is very clear. After the believer is born again, there's still a sanctification process. There's still a renewing of the mind. There's still uh, the uh, pursuit of God. There's still the pursuit of the call. There's still the pursuit of everything that God wants for us. There's still that that we have to work out. How I many of you know we're going to be on that journey, that sanctification journey, until either we this body wears out or Jesus comes back? That's a sanctification part. And the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity that wants to help us to be sanctified. Right? See, and so, but but if you take that 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 teaching that says, well, God's in control of everything and everyone, what are you going to do with that? See, that doesn't work in that situation, right? God is not. God is not control. There's bad things happen because bad people are influenced by the wrong spirit. Right? They're not being influenced by the holy, sanctified spirit. They're being influenced by the other one. They're the spirit, the demonic side. Right? And so even as believers, you and I still need that pursuit. We still need that presence. We still need the affirmation of the Holy Spirit on the decisions you and I make today. So how can we tell if it's the Holy Spirit? We can tell here. Uh, we have to know for sure. The Holy Spirit is sent by the Father. The helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. He will bring into remembrance what I have said to you. So what does he do when he comes? John chapter 16, verse 13. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you and I things that are to come. He will glorify me. He will take what is mine and he will declare it to you. Amen. Now the first point that I want to make out of this particular verse right here, and this is why we came here today, because this will bring us clarification. This will bring us uh, the differential discernment between good and evil. This will help us discern uh, whether this is from God or whether it isn't from God. Right? This will help us. When the spirit of truth comes, okay, that's the opposite of the lie, the spirit of the liar. <laughs> 
All right. The spirit of truth is the opposite of the deceptive truth, the deceptive person. The spirit of truth is the opposite of a uh, man's opinion. The spirit of truth comes from God. He said he is sent from God. And so when the spirit of truth comes and he says things to us and he wants us to, to woo us and to encourage us and take us in the right direction, it's always going to line up with what his word says. It's always going to say the same thing his word says. He never caught them. I mean, you know, they're in unison. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they're in unison. They are a triune being. They're all together in one. They're always saying the same thing about each other. Amen. Always. They never contradict each other. So if you can find it in God's word and you have an unction on the inside of you, uh, that could be the Holy Spirit. So he always guides us into truth. He guides us into truth. The spirit of truth comes. He will guide you into all truth. So we got to address this just a little bit today. What is truth? Because in today's society, there is a notion that my experience and my relativism to my experience equals truth. But how many of you know that's deception? That's hypocrisy. That has no balance. There's no standard there. Uh, because you see things going on in today's society that my experience and the things I feel and, and the way I, uh, you know, uh, look at life and, and the experience I'm having, that's, that's, that's truth right there. And we gotta, we gotta honor that truth. We gotta, you know, abide by that truth that this is conjured up over here. You ever, you know, maybe you see that. But there is an absolute truth. There is an absolute truth. And the absolute truth is found right here in the Bible. There's the absolute truth that is here. God the creator of mankind. God the creator of you and I. God the creator of the universe. He wrote down in an instruction manual. And it's, everything in there is absolute truth. It is not by happenstance. It is the way he designed it. It is the way he has uh, put things together and it is absolute truth. And the Holy Spirit is absolute truth. He doesn't condone all this stuff. See, it's not a, that's not popular today because you got the secret friendly and, you know, and we got to keep our crowd. But I want to tell you something. I'm not worried about a crowd. Anybody else? <laughs> I'm not worried about the crowd at all. Praise God. <sighs> Because Jesus did it with 120. Changed the whole society back then. Was there persecution? Was there pushback? Was there, uh, you know, this uh, pushback? Yes. But Peter and the disciples, greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. And we're not putting up with it. I'm going to stand here. I'm going to love you. I'm going to treat you like mankind and treat you like God would treat you and speak the truth to you. Not going to apologize. It, not going to be ashamed of it. Just going to speak that truth. Amen. And so that truth, he is truth. He will guide you and I into all truth. And he never compromises his word. He always sticks with the truth. He will not speak on his own authority. So Jesus said, when he left on that great commission, he said, I have given you authority in Mark chapter 16 to trample on serpents, scorpions, and every, every deadly thing. And I give you authority to go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He said that. 
Jesus said, I give you authority to do that. How do we do that? We don't do it by compromise. We don't do it by uh, not holding to the truth. Right? We hold to the truth. And that's what people are attracted to. How many of you know that it seems to me like, um, uh, you know, there's always a counterfeit. It seems to me like that when God wants to do something in the earth, the enemy sends a counterfeit. It seems to me like when God's getting ready to do something on the earth that uh, the enemy wants to bring a distraction and something that looks kind of like what God's doing. And so the, all the upheaval, all the uh, COVID-19, for example, how many of you know we've all been affected by that? We've all had to take precautions. We are still doing things. We're still being affected by that. How many of you know God wants to affect each one of us? How many of you know God, the Holy Spirit, God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, they want to affect all of us and infect all of us and get inside of us and just live big on the inside of each believer. So that's one counterfeit. But uh, how many of you know God wants to do that? He's never changed his mind about that. He still wants to get uh, his influence and his uh, perspective into the earth. And he does it through the believers. He still does that. How many of you know that's a counterfeit? So if we can look at that as a counterfeit, how many of you know a greater is God than COVID-19? <laughs> okay, and then we take that and we look at the riots and things that are happening uh, and these rallies and these people groups that are starting to form. How many of you know the church has been the called out ones for a long period of time? And when the church comes together and the church unifies in the message and the church is uh, immersed in the Holy Spirit he is, and the church spends time with God, uh, how many of you know uh, that group right there is going to bring light? That group right there, is, they're, they're going to bring, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, they're going to influence and that's going to be the true answer. So I'm not scared of a micro church, are you? I'm not at all, praise God. <laughs> Because we're going to have a group of people that are familiar with the Holy Spirit, that can hear the voice of God, that can have the answer and speak the truth in love and just love on people and just, you know, and change society and change communities this way. This is the way. He says, he will not speak on his own authority. Jesus gave you and I authority. He gave us the authority to take the gospel message into our sphere right here. And also the nations. He gave us that ability. Whatever he hears, he will speak. He will declare to you things that are to come. So right there, you want to see the evening news? Tune in to the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You, you, want to, you want to know what the future looks like? Tune in to the Holy Spirit. He says he'll show you and I things to come. Amen. Amen. Maybe times are getting darker. But I've read in the Bible where when times get darker, we shine brighter. I, I've noticed that, you know, when you take this ring right here and, and, you, and you know, <sighs> you, know it, you know, it doesn't look real shiny right there. But if you take that ring over there and you put it right behind some black like that, you know, and you kind of hold it out there, it shows up a lot better, doesn't it? Huh? So that's the way the believer is. When the believer uh, is in darkness, when the believer comes in contact with darkness, they shine pretty bright. 
They're going to be, they're going to be the ones that bring that light out. And you and I are part of that tribe. Praise God. And when we stay full of the Holy Spirit, when we stay immersed in God's Word, when we stay uh, full of God and we desire the things of the Lord, and we're pressing into the Lord, I'm telling you something. Praise God, there's power there. And it's available to us. He will, he, 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 what he hears, he will speak. He will declare to you things to come. Verse, uh, chapter, last point there. He will glorify me. In other words, the Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus. For he will take what is mine. He'll declare it to you. <laughs> Praise God. That hasn't passed away. That's still available to us today. I love the, the, the example uh, that we, we, you know, the mission team, we're, we're talking about spiritual things even when we're working, praise God. And Jeannie brought up a, you know, a, a little um, example of yesterday from uh, married couples. I think if I'm saying this right, you know, there's there's old married couple, the farmers, you know, and, and when they were first married, man, they were sitting close together and hugging each other, you know, and staying right beside each other. And, you know, and after 30, 25, 30 years of marriage, you know, after the wife sitting way over here and, and, you know, and the husband's still over here in the driver's seat and, you know, and they're driving down this road and, you know, and the, and, and, and the wife says, well, how come, you know, how come I'm sitting away? What, what are you doing? way over there and you know how come we're not so close together anymore and you know and the husband says well I haven't moved <laughs> right I mean, you know and I think God's saying God's saying to us I haven't moved just move in a little closer just experience my presence on a daily basis. Just experience the things that I have for you. And I'll declare to you things to come. I'll always speak truth to you. I'll always uplift you. I'll always encourage you. And when you draw in close to me and you come close to my word and you desire the things of my word, I'm going to tell you the saturation of the Holy Spirit comes in there. You know, and there's all kinds of things that can happen after that. Praise God. Amen. Listen, I've shared it with the Sunday school group before. I think I'll just go ahead and share it today. You know, back back in my little experience at the Mennonite Church, back over there in Inola, Oklahoma, I was there at that church, and they asked me to pray for the youth one day. I'd just been turned on to the Lord. I mean, I was doing things for the Lord, and, and I wanted everything God had for me. I wanted to do, you know, I was just pressing into the God and searching His Word and doing these things, and... And uh, they asked me to pray for the youth. They could tell, man, he's, there's something happened to James. I don't know what's the matter with him, but there's something happened to him. He, we need to start using him for something. So they asked me to pray for the youth. And so I was up there praying for the youth. And, you know, and I was praying. And all of a sudden, these funny words started coming out. I had no idea what these funny words were. I had no idea. Just a couple of weeks before that, I was, had the presence of God. The anointing of God come all over me and there was you know this saturation I knew it was the Holy Spirit I knew it was the anointing these funny words started to come well I didn't know anything about that this immersion in the Holy Spirit didn't know nothing about it at all but later on I started reading in the Bible wow this is for us this is for me this is this is the that you know what do you call the Pentecostal experience right I mean, you know, Pentecost is not a certain way you wear your hair. It's not certain clothes you wear. It's not, uh, you know, certain laws you go by. 
Pentecost is the immersion, the Pentecostal experience, the evidence speaking in other tongues, is the baptism and the immersion in the Holy Spirit. And that's a process that helps with the sanctification of a human being and the heart of a man. Amen? And so it's not something I'm scared of. It's not something that I, you know, push back. It's something I'm pressing into every day. And so, you know, I know most of us, we've all probably born again. But, you know, if you haven't experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit, hey, come on up today. I'd say seek that out. Look for it. God, God, God love for you to have it just as much as, you know, don't. You go back to Moses' experience that people were afraid to come into the God's presence. They, were, they didn't want to do that. But God said, come on up. Come on in. Come on in higher. Desire a little bit more of me and I'll immerse you and you'll be, you'll be able to love people like you never loved before. You'll be able to, amen? If you'd like to experience that today while Donna and uh, Eloise are closing us out, come on up. Paul and I will pray for you. And uh, that will be available for you. I would say also, you know, hey, search that out. Look it up in the scriptures. It's available. The immersion of the Holy Spirit. And um, so we'll remain up here. If you like prayer for any other thing, maybe you're struggling with something else today. Just kind of a communion Sunday, we'll do this. And uh, for today, anyhow. Praise the Lord. So, Would you all please stand?